Alright, hi everybody, this is A7X fan Ben, here with John Mason and Xerix, and this is episode number 15 of the Pirate CSG podcast. Uh, this episode we're going to be doing our usual custom reviews of the odd-numbered episode, and then we got some other topics um, for the next, the next chunk of it. So I'll just start off right away, um, custom ships organized version. We've pretty much covered all of Captain Vendari's customs, we think, um, so I'm just going to go straight to the Silvaxry. So I'm going to be looking at the Bolt, which is a pirate ship with two masts. The cannons are 4S, 3L, two cargo, L move. The ship cannot be pinned. Ramming does not, doesn't eliminate the ship's mass. And then the new ability, it says once, it, once per turn, the ship may take another move action after a ram. It may not make another ramming attempt during this movement. Um, this one strikes me as kind of a niche ship. It's not really great at fighting or gold. Um but it's really good at ramming and taking rams. Um, it would be good maybe um, to just try to ram enemy ships like all the time. I would probably want like maybe a helmsman and same action twice crew possibly. Um, mm -hmm. It would definitely be complicated with pirate code rulings on moving after the ram because that would get a little weird because um, it does yeah. have another move action. So I guess, I mean, that wouldn't be a free action. So that would be like whole second action for the turn so i guess with a captain that could be that could be quite powerful so but it depends on the yeah that's like sail in ram shoot or whichever comes first and then because you can't be pinned you can do another move action to move away and shoot some more mm -hmm. since you it says you can't do another ram attempt yeah kind of like a re captain reverse captain uh, there's something I'd like bit. to mention. Um, while it seems like the ability prohibits this, um, I'm wondering if it would be useful to make a clarification if it cannot make any ram attempts on any ships or if it just can't make one against the ship it just rammed. Oh, good point. Yeah, I would say I it's mean, no rams at all, probably. Yeah, I think it's... I would assume the former, I think. Yeah. May not make another ram attempt. Yeah. I think that mm -hmm. uh, kind of says it's straightforward. It you, you, doesn't matter what you try to target with a ram, you can't ram it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like that uh, no other abilities clause in the broadsides attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aside from that, I think it is, it's kind of neat, um, but I'm not sure I'd pay any more than about eight points for it. Um, I know that there are no costs attached to these, so I'm just going to throw that onto yeah. the ship. That makes sense to me. Sounds about right. I think it would need playtesting, though, especially with the... Yeah. It's like a weird, yeah. like, automatic double action without any detriment, really. Unless you lose the boring party, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. eight points, maybe. Yeah. I could see maybe nine or ten, because that's yeah an interesting ability. Yeah, and it does have those other two abilities. It can't take ram damage in the first place, which is a good one for a small ship. Yeah. yeah. It's a good hit-and-run ship, yeah. Like, imagine if you put Plague on this. Oh, man. Or if Plague found its way onto this thing. Oh, yeah, Plague's actually a good one to use for that. Mm. Also, wait, maybe um, maybe Spanish Main Hawkins? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Is there any more to say we... Uh, any more for us to say about this ship? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> it would need playtesting. I think I it imagine, would be interesting yeah. at all. Very interesting. Like, if it had, like, I'm imagining the sails have, like, a giant bolt painted, painted on them because yeah, of the name. Lightning bolt. Or, like, a giant nut. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> like the Zeus or something. Yeah. I just I'm not sure something. their machining was that good back then. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought of something weird uh, with, like, chaining. You could, like, ram an enemy ship to get home, which is weird. Like, you mm. could ram a ship. That, if you're not in range of your home island with, like, LS with a helmsman, you could ram another ship and then use the second move to, to cover the final distance or something. Yeah. Kind of like a bumper car. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like bumper car. Yeah, or into a fog bank for safety or something. Yeah, the, the bumper car, though, that might be the idea of this ship. And actually, what if what if there was a version of this ship that had no limit to the number of actions as long as you could keep chaining, um, keep chaining rams, but yeah. they couldn't be on a ship you previously ran that turn? Yeah. That would be super like OP in big games. Yeah, yeah, would. The line. <laughs> well, what if you what if it was like a two masted ship and was no good at boarding? Yeah, I mean, as long as you had one with an L, you could keep going and going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, should we skip on to Xerx major post? Actually, you wouldn't be able to keep going because then you'd be pinned. I guess. That's the oh. Mm. I, we didn't even talk. I should have mentioned that. I guess at the beginning. Um, let me go back up to it. That's kind no, of weird. The bolt cannot be pinned, right? Oh, yeah. The okay, bolt well, cannot be pinned. Yeah, I remember, I forgot about that. Yep. As three also, abilities. Yeah. Uh, uh, quick interruption because yeah. I have a question about that. Does that override the uh, the thing when a scorpion pins a ship by dropping its blade on it? I don't remember. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna look it well, up. Well, right thematically, now. I would say no because you've been yeah. stuck by a giant blade and you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar thought. Um, Wolf has probably answered that at some point, but we can ask again if need be. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. All right. Um, should we skip on to the next post and find uh, another piece to talk about? All right. I'm good with that. I think the next post is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just going to scroll down until... Oh, wait. Somebody was talking about Plague, right? There is a ship in here called Plague, <laughs> um, which is a cursed ship. It's 16 points. It's a 4-master, 3S, 3L, 3L, 3S. Three cargo, L movement, eliminates two mass with one hit. I um, think you guys may have covered that one already. Did we? In the spreadsheet, because that yeah, one is from oh, wait, uh, is this Trinity from Jones. Oh, uh, I've just wasted 15 or 20 seconds on here. Um, is there one you think we haven't done yet? Anything from Fiends of the Blood Island, Islands, yeah, which so- is way at the bottom of the post. Yeah, go with Okay. So um, it's down there. Well, why don't we do the one at the very bottom? The one that... Oh, God. How, how do I pronounce this? Um, uh, where is it? Milo Aquo? Uh, I'm scrolling back up. Oh, oh the Milo Aquo? Yeah. Uh, the last one. All right. All right. Um, Special edition uh, ship. Yeah, this one is... So it's an American catamaran, a two-masted catamaran. It's 14 points. Its guns are both 3S. Four cargo SS move, and uh, it's got the reroll ability, and it ignores terrain when given a move action. This reminds me a lot of uh, which one was it? I want to say HMS Hermes. Yeah, I think thanks. it's like I, I think this one oh, wait, combines yeah. the abilities of the Hermes and the Skipping Stone. Yeah, yeah yes, it does. Um, I guess that's decent. I, I don't think either of those ships are anything really to write home about. But I suppose this is actually a pretty solid one if you're going to use it in a game with, say, Mysterious Islands and a lot of terrain. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, 
the price is kind of high for what I'd pay for an English Gold Runner. Um, I mean, you could make it a so high. It's American. Or yeah, yeah. Sorry, American. Yeah. yeah same problems, really. Um, you could make it a hybrid, but I, I don't know. It, it's solid. I think the point cost is correct. I just wouldn't use it all that much. Um, yeah. I could use some other ships instead. But it's. I don't think it's well armed enough to be a hybrid. I think it's. Mm-hmm. It's more of kind of just a defensive gold runner. Is all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking like with reroll and then defense ability and then Captain Humpswin two space to open. Not a good. Not a great hybrid, but. Reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's see. It keeps going down. Uh, Kazador has got some here. Uh, would somebody like to pick one? I believe that's me. Uh, how many of these have you guys covered? Uh, we <laughs> talked about some of them. Or do you know? I remember talking about the Tenfold. I think we talked about Gladius Day. I can't remember uh, the other Zidiki, ones, Yeah, I think we've talked about, as well as Edelweiss. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I'm just going to go up to the bottom of his post uh, like we did for mine. Uh, there's a crew called uh, Rady Jaeger, I believe. Right, it's a crew. belongs to the uh, Empire slash France. Uh, six points. Links to the Lupus and the Lupus Regnum. Captain and born leader. Which is basically sad. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like, um, um, reminds me of Lady uh, Rominata, or Romata from uh, Return to Savage Swords. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's almost the exact same uh, abilities and point costs and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it is the same, yeah. just a different link. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's that's a really good combination um, because of how good yeah. it is. I'd say you could almost make it one point more, but in keeping with uh, what WizKids would cost stuff, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great yeah, they could. Yeah, they costed Roy Monta at about the same uh, point cost, so... And it makes sense. They're both three-point abilities. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I have an update from the Pirate Code. Under Scorpion, it says, The blade may be used to damage ships with abilities that state they cannot be pinned, but it will not pin those ships. So the ability still works. Oh. Yeah. Uh, That's nice. Cool. cool. I'd rather pin the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes thematic sense. Alright, um, I think the next post is mine, so yep. what I'm actually going to do is uh, read off a crew ID I came up with in the last couple days. So it's called Ati, it's a uh, it's a Viking crew, 12 points, limit eternal, once per turn before the ship is given an action, roll a d6. On a result of 6, every die roll made for this ship is automatically a 6. Only on a 6? Mm. Only if you get a 6 on your initial die roll. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. Huh. Okay, this is a Viking. Wait, so Viking I... crew. Huh. Limit eternal 12 points. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, that's know. interesting. Yeah. I mean, they have some long ships where you would fit pretty well, because you could still have him, Captain Huntsman, on the Nagling or something. And I want to yeah. say they have... They um, a lot of expensive ships. Do they have a, a fleet admiral? Yeah, Sigurd. Yep. Yeah. Um, if if you could fit yeah, they him Sigurd and Anderson. either yeah, uh, if you could fit him in either Fleet Admiral or Sat, yeah. um, depending on the size of the game, I'd say mm-hmm. maybe this could be pretty effective. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty kind extreme. Of Hello, I mean it's cool, but I think Shayna she's got Captain and reroll, so you could reroll the initial roll to try to get a six. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's 
seems kind of OP, but between the cost and having to reset it each turn, it seems pretty fair, I guess, for the most part. So, yeah. yeah. Are you having difficulties there, Xerax? That was odd. Oh, did you lose audio or something? Um, sort of, but not quite. Uh, you guys got mangled. Oh, okay. And you sound like you were robots for a second that were, like, dying or something. <laughs> nice. Oh, my secret's out. Nice. So I'm, wor- I'm, wondering if- <laughs> I'm wondering if my computer's overheating or something, so I've turned on my little fan here to help cool it off. Nice. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. Any thoughts on the crew or no? Uh, I like Eternal. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining if you got like that six or like the opening salvo of like one of the accurate long ships, yeah. mm-hmm. or like heck, even if you got that um, first six with uh, even one of their more inaccurate long ships, yeah. like the ones that have five guns on them, a six hits. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's quite interesting. Yeah, um, I think maybe we can find like a. Uh, um, a game or something to play test that in. Yeah. And it's got limits too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think it gets kind of wacky or wackier with um, like Cavendish on a cursed 10 master. Cause then you could start Ooh, putting it on play. a ship. Like uh-huh. the delusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, Especially if you combine it with like the, uh, the two D six. Uh, oh wait, no, that that'd be kind of superfluous because that's sort of meant to be a reusable reroller. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess work. you could stack it with a reroller if you wanted to do that, but... You could, um... Even without Nemo's plans, even using Runes of Thor once to get a 6 on the initial die roll and make that turn, like, really good, that one turn could swing a game, potentially. In a yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, that relies on the luck of being able to find Runes of Thor yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's like... True. Like my justification is it's super powerful, but it's expensive. You use up your limit keyword and yeah, it's uh, doing it again, and it's uh, based on luck. Yeah. Oh well. Um, okay, so we're gonna move on to Zarek's return of Davy Jones. We're on to the American faction now. So I'll start with the first ship, which is um, another version of USS Constitution. This one is 17 points, five masts, four cargo, L movement. The cannons are 3L, 2L, 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 3L, and then the ship ignores the first hit. She takes each turn as long as she has all her mass, and then the ship gets plus one to her boarding rolls. Um, this one strikes me as about right, point cost-wise. Um, I don't know, it's, it seems about right. Could be maybe a point more expensive, but it's got some solid abilities, real nice cannons. Um, pretty average in terms of cargo and move and point cost for 5 Master, but... Kind of follows yeah. the rest of American five masters, just really good, um, pretty consistently awesome. It's it's a reasonably uh, well equipped ship, but I am kind of uh, I'm not so sure about it because that that ability uh, reminds me of HMS Lord Algernon, yeah. which while slower has considerably better armament. A little bit better, not a lot. Oh uh, wait, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit better. Two S and um, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, USS Constitution, this version of it, it has more cargo and it's faster. And we do know the speed is a game winner. So Algernon, despite being cheaper and better armed, is a bit more avoidable. Yeah. I think uh, you could argue this could be a worse Constitution than the other two, maybe. 
I would say yeah. it's probably better than the Ocean's Edge version, but that one is 15 points, so you could move LS for the same point cost. Um, yeah, not, that one also player. has all rank 2 cannons. Yeah, which is only a slight improvement over the three mm-hmm. cannons. Um, but if you're not phasing the pirates, this one, this one, the custom one is probably better. But mm-hmm. our, the Revolution one, of course, is its own class or whatever, so it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It, like, if Ella Corsado uh, wasn't in the game, it would be possibly the best gunship out there. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's up for debate, uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure we have time for that argument. Yeah, I would say that's be... true, along with the Endeavor, those three. And San Cristobal. Yeah, well, yeah kind well of. the San Cristobal, in my opinion, is more of like a super hybrid. Yeah. It is, but at the same time, getting off the first shot is pretty important uh, based on how the game shooting mechanics work, and it's always going to get the first shot. Unless yeah. it gets like canceled at the last second. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you got me there. First of all, is great in like gold games and like forty point games, but one on one, it's not quite as good a gunship. So it shines better in like balanced games rather than death matches. So yeah, uh, indeed. Um, I I think I'll skip on to doing strife now, which is a fifteen point ship, and for that you get four guns: two S, three L, three L, two S. Three cargo, L movement, and the blockade runner keyword, which is something I can't remember, which is plus one to ram and boarding rolls. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of consternation about this keyword. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it's statistically it's pretty good in most areas, but it also seems a little bit underwhelming because you can get much better gunships for this price. Um. Some of the better crew the Americans have don't really justify the uh, justify going out of your way to use this ship over comparable stuff. I mean, for this price, I'm pretty sure you can get HMS Gallows, or is that a point more? Yeah, it's I think that Gallows is a point more, but for 15 and staying American, I think you can get the Egan. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Egan's pretty good. Americans have a lot of ships, three or four mass, at 15 points that are really pretty good. Um, yeah. Yep. I think Ghostwalker comes to mind. Ghostwalker yeah. has a better ability and not quite as good armament, probably, but I think it's no, faster. Ghostwalker has all two L cannons. Yeah, so yeah. it's similar overall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I'd almost rather use Ghostwalker. Yeah, I would too because canceling, but I'm not too worried about that. I think Strife is good. Um, not every ship has to be like top of the class. So I think it's kind of a good yeah. like numbers ship for the Americans. Um, kind of like yet another, kind of like the constitution too of this, um, set kind of like yet another good large American gunship really. So, yeah. Although, you know, when I like, uh, when I make systems, I try to make them, you know, things that are going to be, uh, probably worth going out of your way to build a strategy around to use, but I guess that's really just coming down to a difference in philosophy behind customs uh, between me and Xerex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here, because I make a ton of historical ships, which yeah. inevitably not all of them will be interesting, so it's more of a number. <laughs> so, yeah. And not all of yeah. mine will be uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you that's think fine. fair? Just wait. Some of these, I think, are gonna <laughs> raise some eyes. Oh, we've we've yeah. seen plenty of interesting ideas yeah. from you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean interesting in a bad way. I'm just saying um, overpowered. 
Okay. Yeah, like right. the first like the first one of this with the curse, that one was that was wacky. Um anyway. Yeah, that one was fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, that battleship keyword, us raging oh, against God. it. Looks like yeah. it's coming up soon. Oh, and there's another battleship keyword down here too. Yeah, we'll get to that, that later. One. I've seen a lot of pictures of that one. Um okay. I guess I'll go with the next one. The Lone Star is twenty one points, four masks, three cargo, L move. Cannons are three L, two S, two S, three L. It's a switchblade. And it gets plus one to boarding rolls, which is great for that keyword. Um, I guess cost-wise, it's about what WizKids would have done with a Switchblade. Um, kind of reminds me of the other Switchblades, really. I mean, same movement for the most part. Um, the cargo's kind of low. Um, I mean, as Switchblades go, I'd say it's average. Um, they're pretty expensive to use in games under 60 points. But it's about right for a Switchblade. So, it's all right. Yeah, um, I mean, being uh, an American Switchblade, it reminds me of, uh, of course, my own custom, the Sawmill, which I won't read off. Uh, you guys can probably find it in my customs post, dear listeners. But uh, one of my problems with Switchblades is that they were always so expensive. And being in line with what WizKids would have costed it uh, never really seemed like a perfect idea to me. Because WizKids did utterly botch the prices of a lot of ships. Yeah, true. And yeah. abilities. Fear. Um, yeah. Switchblade Fear and Scorpion. Fear shouldn't have are, existed. Yeah. Uh, I think, I the mean, way it's constructed, Fear is maybe okay. Not have existed. I, I think you're right there. Huh. Too expensive and not effective enough. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at uh, your uh, Switchblade. I think yours is clearly superior. Yeah. I mean, that may be another reason why I like it. But, I mean, Switchblades <laughs> do have a boarding focus. Yeah, that's and true. And while this one... I mean, and the thing with boarding is you've got to catch your prey. Yeah. And with a base move of L, uh, you absolutely need a helmsman and probably extra actions. Yeah. Because most of the stuff that's going to be worth boarding is going to be fast. This is true. Unless, you know, you wait for it to come to you. Yeah. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes with something like this, too, I kind of think of it as, like, a capital ship because of the point cost and the ability. Mm -hmm. So I would put... I would still want those extra actions, but I wouldn't be... Um, I don't know. I kind of think of it as, like, a like a slugfest between this and, like, another yeah. capital ship. So, usually. Yeah, especially since I think um, you can, as a free action, retreat, retract the blades in and put them back out after you shoot. Yeah. So you can sail up, fire all your cannons, throw the blades out, which then do ram damage. Mm. Mm. Yeah. As I understand the keyword to function. Yeah, I think so. so yeah, this was meant for up close and personal melee combat. Yep. Yeah. Even and if then, you take a look I, I at might... link, it's meant for it against the Spanish. Hmm. We'll get are we uh, are we throwing faction abilities into custom sets? Well, <laughs> read well, on. Well. <laughs> all right, as all right, so what I'm going to leave that comment with is, um, as my mother said, if you can't say anything nice, <laughs> <laughs> I know that saying too. Yeah, but I think I'll uh, I'll have plenty to say anyway. Um, I, wait, I, okay, yeah. Mississippi. USS Mississippi, which um, as a fourth grade, a second place spelling bee uh, contestant. Wait, <laughs> Wait, no, second place, fourth grade. Did I say that, or did I say it the other way around? Uh, okay. I don't know. 
Either way, I got second place because I misspelled the word misspelled trivia. Um, Mississippi is spelled incorrectly is what I'm here to bitch at. But um, <laughs> yeah, it wrong? yes, it's M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, not two I's yeah. on the end. Both yeah, sets of the All right. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop stalling on the name. This is 15 points for a four-masted ship, five cargo, so significantly more than any of the others we've talked about so far. SS Move, um, 4S, 3S, 3S, 4S, Steamboat, which is something I've got to go back and read again. Uh, wait. Steamship Plus or Plus Elder Printed Base Move. Okay. Helmsman may not be Okay, so, so this is actually clocking along with a max speed, yeah. Of S plus S plus L. Okay. And... Yeah, that plus uh, one of the ship's treasures is worth plus two gold when unloaded at your home island. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've seen that ability, which I think we can all agree is pretty game-changing, on ships about two points cheaper that are way slower. And they're still considered some of the best gold runners in the game. Yeah, this, um, this one so... is... Yeah, this one seems like if you just threw an explorer on it, it would be one of the best gold runners in the game already. Yeah. Uh, If not possibly the outright best, because you'll always outrun Banshee's Cry. Um, Yeah, well, if you chuck one of the uh, Montana mazes on board, the one that links to all American ships, you got sim action twice. And And you can throw Wayne Nolan on as well and not even need to... And you can end up with another link there and uh, still have four cargo uh, and a 55% yeah, okay. chance of a uh, of an extra action. Extra or same, yeah. Yeah, I think this is way too good. <laughs> <laughs> the guns yeah. don't matter because it's almost untouchable with how fast it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. Um, yeah, this is one of like my original 10 custom ships ever devised. Yeah, exactly. So, That's what I thought. Back oh, then, um, it was I was very extreme. Yeah, back when I was starting yeah. to publish these things. Yeah, I think it could use playtesting at maybe seventeen or eighteen points in like, um, you know, reasonably priced games like a hundred points or less. See how that goes. Um, yeah. you used it well it's, in your campaign games, right? Yeah, it's been I think um, at one point or another launched for every campaign we've played. Yeah, by the Americans. I think at least from the time I um, built it, mm-hmm. um, I know that well, right? I know the Mississippi missed the uh, 2015 game because mm-hmm. I hadn't yet figured out how to properly build it. Oh, I yeah. think its first game of action was that Winter Economy game. Okay, Maybe. yeah, and she did well, right? Yeah, she so. was all right. Yeah, I mean, my brother was using it, so yeah, and he does odd things. Okay. This isn't the one who like um um, yeah the uh fiddlesticks. My brothers do both of them do weird things, but this one in particular, in my opinion, does very odd things. Mm-hmm. For example, he thinks the executioner from um Curse of Davy Jones' Curse is a good gunship. Yeah, I think it's oh. for the curse. Okay, is. within oh, yeah. the curse, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. like he brings that to death matches when I'm throwing the Grand Temple against him. It's like, dude. Oh. Choose something else. Yeah, it's kind He's of like, extreme. no, no, it's good, it's good. Yeah. And, and, and I'm boggled by his insistence on putting that version of El Phantasma from that set on the ship. He's like, oh. if I put it on here, I get a plus two to my cannon. He's like, 
it doesn't matter if I get the first shot, dude. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 it'll work. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it'll <whatever>. work. <laughs> well, so then he's hey, doubling up on fear, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's wasting a ton of points. It's like, dude, <laughs> this is not going to ever work. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll move on to the next one. Um, USS Venture is a 15-point schooner, four masts, three cargo, L movement. Um, all four cannons are 2S, and then it has the battleship and schooner keyword. And uh, battleship is um, basically similar like, to two shots per yeah. mast and then extended range as well. Um, I'm pretty sure I've already kind of knocked this ship in custom ships, I think. Um, uh, and I've seen it. I can say with certainty this has been in every campaign. Yeah, because I was about to say that. It's, I know it's wreaked a lot of havoc in those. I've seen it. It's Ooh, got the big yes. sails. Yeah. I'd say uh, I think in the be... most recent one we played in the summer, I went to extreme lengths to sink this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I missed, like, twice, Yeah, I think. I think uh, I think 20 points would be a better starting point, and then, if anything, maybe go up from there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you took away the extended range thing, this has better firepower than any uh, octopus or kraken in the game. Yeah. With Captain Helmsman, like, guaranteed every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you can put crew on it, and uh, because it's American, you could put Ralph David on and basically not lose it. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. the firepower, it's, it's much more fragile, but on a base level, it's actually comparable to the Zeus for eight points less, because you're getting eight rank, uh, you know, 2S shots versus 10 Yeah, as opposed to 10 rank 3S. Yeah. yeah S plus S range, too. Yeah. So yeah. annoying, cannot be shot with an S ships. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's, yeah. I don't think we need to say any more. <laughs> like I said, this is one of my uh, original customs from way back when the thread had, like, you know, two pages in it. Yeah. Nice. And, yeah. Cool. Uh, I made some extreme things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, some of the costs could um, be adjusted in, in, the, in this faction here. And the abilities, too, I think. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, USS New Ironsides, I'll uh, speed it along. 14 points, three masts, which are 2S, 3L, 2S. This is three cargo, SS move, ironclad, which in Xerox's set means you must roll a five or a six to hit the ship, which I think is a pretty good implementation of the keyword as a whole. Um, the ship's cannons may not be eliminated, Mass still be if derelict, she cannot shoot. Mm. Why do I feel like I've seen a ship like this for one more point? Like, at three masts, I'm fairly sure. Maybe the Bell of Exeter from Spanish Maine? Oh, no, I'm pretty sure Bell of Exeter... Wasn't that two masts with one hit? No, the Bell of Exeter um, That's has that second ability... And I think it's like a one point more, Yeah, um, but it's a little bit slower. Has, and I think Bell of Exeter has much worse guns, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bell of Exeter is 3S, 4L, 3S, um, is two points more expensive, yeah. and has a worse base move. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted it to be... Yeah, I mean, Bell of Exeter is not a good ship, so I guess it's not really a good uh, point of reference. Although, because they're such <coughs> similar ships, I'm inclined to compare them. 
And if I'm honest, something this durable with this decent of armament, I can honestly say I can see costing 17 or 18 points. Yeah, I agree. I will say as an errata uh, note, world hitting bonuses will count against these ships. So if you've got, you know, a 3S cannon uh, with plus two to the cannon rolls, you're basically rolling a five or six every time you're hitting each and every time. Yeah. I don't know if that changes your mind or not, but <laughs> not really. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're kind of sacrificing points to uh, to buff your rolls if you're doing that anyway. Yeah, I agree with God Mason. Um, thematically, I think the abilities make sense, but that's not you know it's not one I'll like either way. So. Um, <laughs> I'll go on to the next one though. USS Falcon is twelve points. It's a three-masted schooner with three cargo, SS move, the cannons are 2S, 3L, 3S, and then the ship gets plus one to her boarding rolls with a captain. So kind of a little twist on the, you know, plus one to cannon rolls with a captain. A little worse, but still a solid bonus. Um, I see it as about right. It could be maybe 10 or 11 points. It's kind of just a generic gunship, which I think is fine. Um, so it's, it's okay. I think you're pretty right about that in every way. Um, this seems like what I would call pack filler, although it's it's not especially bad for pack filler. Um, I would say you're right, 10 or 11 points. I'd be kind of inclined to say 10 because it's a little scattered. But what? Was there a pun there that I missed or something? Or? No, not for oh, me. Okay. Yeah, it just because you know when you're going to pick a ship, you want something focused, uh, something good at its ability, and this seems a little bit uh, a little bit all over the place. And uh, yeah, ten points, even that it wouldn't be competitive with the best at that point cost, but yeah, not bad. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll start silver dollar then. Uh, Fourteen points, and this is three masts. Uh, 4S, 3L, 4S. It's a schooner. SS move, 6 cargo space. Um, so Alcazador about lost his mind when I first posted this. <laughs> I don't know why. Does he though. have a similar ship? or No, he. Um, for some reason he thought it obsoleted half the American Navy. I, I mean, don't know why. It kind of does because the Americans don't really have all that many good gold runners. But, um, okay, fair enough. Um, my complaint is that this seems kind of like a worst uh, a, a worse version of HMS Lady Provost, which I think costs the same and moves faster, as well as being a home island raider. Yeah, I think it's thirteen. Yeah, um, I mean it's still. Oh yeah, it's a, okay. Eh, I thought it was a four yeah. master for some reason. Um, yeah, it's a three. Provost it's, is is two masts and yeah, one point cheaper. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I think it's good. I. I Used it in the, the custom suite challenge recently. Um, I think it's oh, yeah. good. I don't know. It, I mean, it's a very good gold run for the Americans, kind of uncharacteristic for them. But, um, I mean, they still have some other solid options. Like the Rattlesnake in Carolina, you could do pretty good things with them for considerably less points. And then if yeah. you had more points to spend, I would get the you could Frontier. You get the confidence, maybe. Yeah, or the Frontier. Or, or the Frontier, yeah. Yeah, the Frontier. Really that one would be amazing. So I think it's, I don't think it makes everything obsolete. I think it's kind of like a kind of expensive American treasure running option. Um, if you don't want to go all out and get the frontier, 
Um, I think it could be um, 15 points or maybe five cargo and still be pretty competitive as the Americans go. But I think it's pretty solid as is. If if I'm going to say something uh, to compliment it, it's certainly better than Colonial Trader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. way better. Um, although I, I did just remember that I want to say the Pirates have multiple Four Masters in Crimson Coast alone that kind of make this hard to justify. Maybe, yeah. uh, I'm not sure if Arabella's the right one. Maybe Shadow. Cassandra. Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah, Cassandra. Yeah, no, they've got like I a bunch like of ships Cassandra. named for women. I really yeah. like that one. Yeah. yeah. I try to use it as often as possible when I when I can. It's a nice, I'm, durable gold runner. Yeah. I honestly think you could maybe make this four masts. Um, I'm going to go in the opposite direction of Ben and say you could almost make it a little bit better. I disagree. Mm. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I do think it's pretty good in the context of the Americans, but in the grand scheme of the game, if you're looking to run gold and use that kind of strategy, you don't really go to the Americans very often. No, typically you go to Spain or you go to the Pirates. Yeah, yeah that's true. Sometimes the French or uh, Corsairs as well, because they've got a little, uh, oh, yeah, a lot of really gold. A good empty options. Yeah. All right. That's like yeah. the one redeeming factor about my uh, brother. He likes to use the Corsairs in like campaigns. Nice. Oh, I, I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> uh, he, he probably won't. <laughs> he probably won't. And if he does, he'll just like give me like a glare or something. <laughs> uh, on note, I think uh, I'm not positive, but I think all of these ships except the Lone Star are actually built. Nice. So I think I have them oh. all in like a bin somewhere. Cool. Yeah, I I'll need to assemble on. a bunch of my own customs. Yeah. I'll move on to the crew. Um, captain Robert Stern is a six-point captain and firepot specialist, and he links to the Falcon, which is that you know somewhat generic three-masted schooner that was a reasonably average gunship. Um, I think he well, should be five. I think he should be five for those two abilities, captain and firepot specialist. Um, no reason not to make it. Um, yeah, but we can all agree that firepot specialists are very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty good. I still don't think they're, um, I think they're a little overhyped personally, but they're pretty good. Um, okay, do you remember like the first few battles of, uh, command the oceans with all the fire? Yeah, of course. But yeah, so <laughs> um, that's not really indicative of how games are usually right. played. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Like a, fair enough. <laughs> it's pretty one of a kind game. Um, I think fair the enough. link, I like the link though. Um, it makes the Falcon a little bit better, which is nice because he's kind of average. So I think it's good, but he should be five. So. Yeah. Flavor wise, this guy is, um, I believe he's Robert Stern's brother. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, no. Uh, he, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. I'm in Peregrine Stern uh, from Savage Shores. Um, flavor wise, he's supposed to be his brother or son or something. Yeah. Maybe you could, both. You could link him to... How could he be his brother and his son? <laughs> you could <sighs> Let's not get into that. You could link okay. both of them if you wanted, and then you could put them on, like, the Constitution or something. Like the RV hmm. version. If you wanted to do a double link. Yeah, well, they're both hmm. captains, so that you yeah. would have double captain. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, um... I'll jump on to Lieutenant Stanley Hood, uh, L-E-Y, by the way, I think is the correct way to, uh, to spell Stanley, unless it's supposed to be Stanley, in which case I won't tell you what to do. Uh, yeah, Link to Lone Star. Name, however you want. 
<laughs> um, linked to Lone Star, it's seven points. It's a Marine with uh, bonuses against Spanish stuff. We know how I feel, A, about Marines being too expensive, B, yeah, about faction it. abilities, and C, about Lone Star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can kind of agree with all those, too, actually. Um, ah, man. That'd be crazy to use him on the Lone Star, because then you'd have five cannons, but 28 points without other crew. Um, anyway, yep. I don't know. Maybe better he's put on a submarine, because the Americans have a yeah. couple good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be good on Layman mm-hmm. and Mercury. Yeah. If you really wanted to go crazy, I guess William Eaton is seven points. So Hood, Eaton, and a Helmsman would all fit on the Mercury if you wanted to do a double attack with Hood that. Boy. Um, Hood boy. Yeah, really. Um, Hood boy. But yeah, I agree with God Mason. Um, I've already talked about it on previous episodes that Marines should have been four or five base costs. So. Um, The next one is Captain Steven Rogers. He's nine points, links to all American ships. His abilities are Captain, and then he has the Admiral ability, so if you roll a six, any ship in your fleet may be given two actions that turn. So that's good cost. Um, The link is similar, makes him similar to Preble from uh, Barry Coast, but he has Captain as well. I think you'd see a lot of... Which I would say makes him a little better. Yeah, yeah, Captain is nice. Um, Saves a cargo space. Um, you see a lot of usage in big games, but um, yeah, good crew. Yeah, I mean, a self-linking captain is almost always worth their salt, and um, and one with this pair of abilities would be, I think, exceptionally good in large games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, isn't he basically? Um, dang, I can't remember. What's the fleet admiral the Americans got in Barbary Coast who links Preble. to everything? Preble, Preble. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's basically Preble, but yeah, three saying. more points and uh, with the captain ability. So, yeah. yeah, this is an exceptionally good crew and yeah. in line with uh, fair point cost. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I didn't, he's an Avenger. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't remembered him before, so hopefully I won't use him in uh, CT3. Already got three <laughs> admirals in that game, so. Yeah. He's here for the taking. Yeah, we'll see. So to speak. <laughs> Right. I can fairly say that you probably will not use this next person. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Better than uh, Hacksaw Riley, though. Yeah. yeah but that's, that's not saying much. we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything is better than Hacksaw Riley. <laughs> uh, what about the Tiger Empress? No, not quite. Um, yes. No. Really, that's better than Hacksaw. No. Yes, because I, I think while Tiger's terrible, you can at least use it for something, whereas uh, Hacksaw Riley's basically a waste of five points. Yeah. You do know we're talking about the um, the crew from Ocean's Edge, the um, pirate thing? Oh. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I found a use for what? A really niche use for, if I'm okay. honest. Um, okay, I didn't. Uh, I, I, think this was, I think this was maybe in my uh, turtle ships ranking thread. I want to say um, my idea was basically. Now let me go pull it up. I'm fairly sure that the pirates have a. Um, they have a turtle ship uh, that does that ramming damage ability. Here, I'm going to try to find the ranking. Glorious treasure. Yeah. Oh, no. um, Beast's belly. Okay, yeah, Beast's belly. Um, so my suggestion was, 
you could put Empress on Beast's belly if you knew your opponent was going to be using um, it's going to be using uh, sea creatures because then if you uh, oh crap I'm I'm trying to read Empress here but it, it's like off to the side of the page and okay so if you succeeded with a ram roll with Empress on board Beast's belly you would destroy three segments in a single ram. Yeah. Okay, but when do you ever ram a sea creature? I have never, ever seen that happen. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I... I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm saying in theory. <laughs> in theory. Yes. Uh, it's a possibility. You know, we, yeah, that's the problem with talking to Xerix and I, because we're the two oh, mystery-based people you could talk to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. We play like the um, results a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's more likely to happen the other way around where the sea monster rams into you. Yeah. Yes, it is, but odds are if you're playing with a turtle ship, you've cleared up beforehand that you're going to use a house rule that they aren't immediately disabled when you ram them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that would happen. Yeah. Um, and I guess Empress, if like if you were super desperate to use it, it's five points. You could technically bring it in with the zero R plus five, I guess. So. Yeah, maybe it's like one of those garbage fleet challenge things, like <laughs> build the worst possible fleet. Yeah. All right, so we it's going of... back to a uh, dear Joanna. Uh, yeah, in addition to say... the uh, doctor ability, she also does plus one to boarding rolls. Yep, exactly. For six points. For, for six, yeah, for six points. Seven, so it's not not too bad. Um, maybe I'll try to use her in. CG3. It would probably just be because I have so many points and gold to use that I just have run out of name crew to use. So if I yeah. use her, it'll probably be on like a ship with a lot of cargo that has like a ton of other crew, which would probably be generic. So, mm-hmm. but like the Zanfu or something, maybe? Um, I've already got that one loaded up, so I don't want to oh, get yeah, around that point. one. Yeah, that one's already um, at 24 out of 25 points. So, <laughs> there is one thing I would like to mention every time I, uh, Okay, the thing with Joanna Smith, which I think is the problem, is you mentioned earlier when we were talking about USS Mississippi, uh, the existence of OE Montana Maze, mm-hmm. which has the same crew protection ability, but instead of uh, a bonus to boarding rolls, you get sat and it links. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Joanna Smith, maybe if cheaper, could have niche use, but. Yeah, that, As that is, I don't think so. Yeah, the crew protectability from Maze, um, I think that's kind of like four on most of the combined crew for the most mm-hmm. part. So if this doctor ability was three instead of five from the original days, maybe it would be maybe people would actually use it. But yeah, it could be a cool house rule. Try it at three or something. Um, I think a point less is fair. Or if you want to do the thing uh, that I've thought of, which involves differentiating between the factions more by separating their strengths, mm-hmm. you could maybe make it four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, all right. Old Man Montana's next, right? Yep. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of an interesting set up here uh links to strife which is that uh that kind of generic four master we talked about earlier uh this is a helmsman and a musketeer for five points um i mean i don't use musketeers that often but i can see this being useful maybe on occasion on like some uh on some kind of smaller to mid-sized american gunships yeah yeah i think it'd be pretty useful yeah 
yeah, not necessarily on Strife, but yeah, yeah, it's a decent link because it does Strife doesn't have a lot of cargo in the first place, so that'd be kind of yeah, I kind of like that link a lot actually. Then you can yeah. get a Captain World Hater and an Orthman or something, or the other yeah, that's a pretty solid link actually. Cause you get because you don't take up card space and you get two abilities, so it's almost like two abilities for no cargo spaces. So kinda yeah, nice. um, anyway. I guess yeah, that thematically, it's, thematically, that's the same Montana maze uh, as we've seen throughout the regular sets. Oh, but okay. this is like you know him when he's old yeah. and has been like you know put out to pasture. Yeah, if you will. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I, I uh, updated his flavor text over here. Uh, old man Montana continually mutters under his breath about one thing or another, from dishonorable discharges to tall tales of battle in the high seas. Despite his apparent lunacy, the crew of the Strife trust him with their lives. Huh, nice. Yeah, I would um, say. Um, oh, yeah, you used him in the custom fleet challenge thing here recently. He was in one of my fleets for that. So, uh, did you put him on like the silver dollar, or did you put him on the constitution? Uh, I think it was a totally different one. I can't remember now. Yeah. I'll go check it out. Find it. I have something really kind of irritating and predictable to say uh, about Montana. Um, it's spelled A N A. One N. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I can make. Like I said, I can make edits the um, uh, yeah, my spreadsheet here. Okay, so I used him on the Notre Dame because that ship allows crew of any nationality. So he's on a French five master with uh, a crew protect, actually. Ironically, so that ship. Oh dang. Yeah. So I loaded that ship up with um. Basically, as Captain, Helmsman, Cannoneer, and Musketeer, and all those crew are there to stay because of the crew protect. So, be good, Five Master. Um, yeah. And then it has, yeah, and then all those abilities are on two crew, so you got still got some space left over for a hybrid. Like setup. three, it looks like. Yeah. From the Notre Dame setup you got. Yeah. Um, and you did use the uh, Silver Dollar. You're running her empty. Yeah. Um, I think with, yeah, with the Helmsman and Oarsman. Just for oh, yeah. speed and protection, yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah, just general thoughts on the Americans from this set. Um, pretty good. Just a few costs to, like, Mississippi, Venture, New Ironsides. Those three are all in a row. All those could see their point cost rise. <laughs> and then, um, you know, a couple, like, two of the crew, like Stern and Smith, could maybe come down, in my opinion. But other than that, I, I, I like the Americans for the set for the most part. So. As as somebody who likes the American faction in general, um, I think there's a mix of things that I actually really want in here, uh, like uh, Captain Stephen Rogers and Old Man Montana. But there are also a number of ships that are either just super generic or crazy OP. Um, obviously, if USS Mississippi, as it was written here was ever printed it would basically be in every fleet i play but um but with that in mind i mean overall you have introduced a couple ideas that i really like as somebody who does like to play as the americans all right yay hey. <laughs> <laughs> i did good uh, do you guys want to just jump real quickly to the mercenaries because there are literally like six of them oh why not Okay. Oh, there's a submarine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you can start. Submarine. 
Wait, I can start with the submarine? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Just start at the top? Mm, uh, well, actually, yeah, let's just start at the top, and uh, and you start with the rampage. Unless it's rampage or something. It's supposed to be rampage. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Read uh, read that off, or uh, Ben? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, sorry, I just had to get the spreadsheet back up. Yeah, rampage is a mercenary five master. They're only one, um, considering WizKids. 17 points, five masts, four cargo. SS move, cannons are 3L, 2S, 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 3L, mercenary keyword, and then it has canceling, so once per turn, one ship or crew ability with an S of the ship may use its ability that turn. So, uh, great five master. Um, I mostly know her from CG2 when uh, my English kind of demanded that the pirates relinquish this ship, so it was kind of a yeah, hostile yeah. moves, so then I kind of took over, but then the game ended soon after, so I didn't really get to use the ship. But mm-hmm. um, but it's a great five master, definitely, and it would change kind of kind of change how the Mercs function almost because it's just it's such a great gunship that they never got anything bigger than four masts, let alone with canceling. So great. Wait, wait was Prussian Crown pirate then? Yeah, yeah. Prussian oh, Crown okay. pirate. Okay, yeah. hey, like when you mentioned, there were only five masters in Gongwei. But then I remembered, I think I'd have remembered if I saw a mercenary flag on the back of Prussian Crown. Um, But yeah, as a whole, this is a really powerful ability for them to have, um, especially on such a large ship. Um, If I'm to compare it to other ships that, you know, were printed, um, I'm going to call up Ghostwalker again, but not so uh, not to compare her unfavorably because. Uh, this ship is on par because it has the same ability, and it also has a trio, uh, trio of rank two guns. Um, sure, mercenary, and uh, I think Ghostwalker has SL instead of the Rampage's SS. No, sure, it, really. yeah, yeah. Ketering oh, yeah. is marginally slower. Kettering oh, the Ghostwalker is a uh, wind catcher. Yeah, Kettering yeah. might be a, a good comparison too. Yeah, actually, uh, Kettering is a pretty interesting comparison. Um, overall, yeah, Rampage is definitely one of the best mercenary ships out there, and I think it does it well without going overboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, basically my answer to the problem of mercenaries being disposable is, well, make them super cheap. Uh, this is not ultra cheap, but it's excusable for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also give them another source of canceling outside of you know the Mobilis Fjord. and uh, Christian mm-hmm. Fjord. Yeah, so yeah, you can right. use this to cancel out mercenary to make one of their own ships dock at home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're a canceling oh, and... powerhouse among the the minor factions, especially in yeah. the campaign games with the privateer rules. Yeah, uh, I'd also like to mention that this is like a perfect ship to put Nemo on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. 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 Maybe with and I say that as somebody who's desperate to find more uses for Nemo. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Okay, um, try to fit him onto a switchblade somehow. Yeah, the saber. I, I love have, using my saber. Haven't I tried that? Uh, I know Ben did. It yeah, was like illegal or something. The saber is a really fun ship to use Nemo with. It's crazy. Wait, no, I tried it with Skin Flare, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. That's probably the second best, yeah. Yeah, but I think the problem was just too slow in the way I set it up. Anyway, um, I'd like to talk about La Vampira if I can. Uh Go ahead. Alrighty, so submarines. I like submarines. And this is a 16-pointer. So it's got three segments, 2S, 3L, 2S. 
L move and three cargo, neither of which are really all that special for subs, uh, gets plus one to cannon rolls against any ship. So this is actually one S, two L, one S. Um, that's really well armed, but can. Here's one of the problems. Submarine is a decent ability, but it's more just kind of a neato ship type than a, uh, I think, than a super cheese strategy type thing. Um, so overall, it's kind of just a slow... It's a slow gunship that's really well-armed and, I guess, able to retreat with some ease, but it's really expensive and it's still a mercenary. And that's my problem. I'd say you could maybe get away with this at 14 or 15. Yeah, I'd say maybe You're 15, right. possibly. It reminds me of the Hephaestus and the Mercury a little bit, kind of just a slow Dreadnought-type sub. Um, really accurate, but not good at much else. I think the point cost is okay. Maybe 15, but definitely probably not less. Um, it's pretty good, but as subs go, I'd probably rather use the Nautilus or... Mercury. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Terror, but... Yeah, I would say it's pretty much in line with the other solid subs out there. So, so yeah. yeah. Although, you know, myself, I wish subs were better than they are. So, you know, uh, I'm more liable to say 14 due to its uh, due to its shortcomings. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one is really... Oh, no, never mind. Sorry, I thought it was something else. Um, Treasure Island is a 16-point mercenary four-master. It's got six cargo, LS move. Cannons are 4S, 4L for oil, 4S, and then it also gets plus one to boarding rolls. So it's like a merc gold runner, basically. With um, it's like a mercenary of the Hoya del Sol. Yeah, kind of with like hybrid but a bit more, yeah. the amount of cannons and then the boarding roll. Maybe steal yeah. uh, gold from any gold runners. Um, and then have maybe pair it with a canceller so you can dock home. So yeah, yeah. I would say it kind of originally works. this ship had dories, uh, but I dropped them off because a that makes it way too good. Yeah, and b because the crew that it linked to had some interesting uh, stuff going on with like in you know, the loyal hostile. Oh yeah, uh, I think that mm. I think I did like another version of. Um, uh, we go, um, the, uh, Castro from Spanish oh, Maine. Wow. It was like, he was a mercenary, but he was yeah. loyal cursed. Okay. Or something. Huh. Or something odd like that. Yeah. I, I think he also hostile Spain on him. Yeah, his flavor yeah, it, it, it was, um, complicated and convoluted. Yeah. And I think we're going to get to that at the very end of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm honest, I think if you added a point and put Dory's back on, it would be fair. Yeah. Really? That's my think, thought. Yeah. I don't think at um, L plus S move. Mm. Yes, at L plus S move. Um, because there are faster gold runners, period. Um, and there are some gold runners that have more cargo as well. As well as those that don't have the, uh, the mercenary keyword, which I... Okay, I'll be fair, that's sort of an advantage if you're going to use it as a gold runner because it starts S away from your home island. But at the same time, this is really expensive for uh, what may be your only gold runner in a small game. And in a big game, there are more economical choices. So um, I think it can afford to be a little bit better even if you need to raise the cost. 
Hmm. I think it's okay. It's, it's still pretty stacked for the most part. I would say it takes over from the Matuku as maybe the Merc's best, like, you know, gold runner outside of the Chen Masters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. talking about a small Matuku's game. Matuku's terrible, so. Well, talking about a small game. Gold runners. I don't think it's that you bad. You know, this, As plus the Rampage, is 33 points. Steals gold from an enemy ship, Spooner Keyword. Not too bad. Yeah, the Matuku is pretty good. Yeah, for the Mercs, it's not bad at all, yeah. so. I right, mean, as, as we've said, that. in the context of a faction... I think you have to yes, consider that, though. But yeah. You can't compare everything to Banshee's Cry. Just to get well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You really can't, because Banshee's Cry is so far out there and should have never been printed. <laughs> but, um... I mean, part of why I just... I like my ships to be, like, really unique from each other, so it can, like, really match the mood I'm in when I play... And when when stuff is kind of generic, I and not to say a ship is like really generic, but it's kind of that way. Uh, it's kind of forgettable and would probably sit unused uh, in my bin or e- even unthought about. Yeah, I don't think it's generic because the Mercs don't have anything with this much cargo outside of the Ten Masters. It's kind of like the Santa Isabel almost with the cargo and move, kind of similar in a way. Yeah. So. And they don't really. Have I mean, any, that's true. They don't have any four masters in the first place, too. So, anyway. I mean, that is well, the true. The do but... have some four masters. They've got, um, I think, it's the forward, and there's a couple other special edition ones. Yeah. Uh, there's Shaman's. Wait, no, is Shaman's claws? That's pirate, 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 I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I feel like the reason why mercenaries don't really have many big ships. And especially ones with lots of cargo is because it's sort of antithetical to their faction as a whole. They're mercenaries. Yeah. They're hired guns. They're not. They're not couriers. Yeah, it's not the courier faction. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of why I didn't want the ship to have dories because it's kind of it kind of just gives a loophole for them to be a better standalone faction. So yeah. yeah. All right, new uh, standalone faction couriers. <laughs> Every single. Uh, it's just that the keyword is uh, this ship cannot shoot when she carries treasure. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I mean, I'm sure I could, or I, I'm sure I could make a merchant faction, but I don't really feel like it because, yeah. yeah isn't that like the Dutch kind of? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I had a lot of Dutch ships that were very generic. I think God Mason would hate my custom set. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my well, problem with like, your custom set is every single crew is at least 15 points. <laughs> no, that's just like the super crew, like Nelson and people that deserve to be that powerful. So. Uh, jokes aside, I'm not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that crew under 10 points are in the minority from your uh, from your custom set. We'll have to go through some of those, yeah. honestly. I think it's. I think that was the yeah. older version. The newer version not only has better point costs and abilities, but it also has more stuff. Like I'm adding to it. Um, over time, so I added a bunch okay. of cheap English crew um, that weren't as historically important as like you know Nelson or Blake, like people that are like you know like the gods of Britain's war heroes. You know what I mean? So, so they yeah. kind of yeah. have to be like super powerful because they're like the Davy Jones and Blackhearts of England and France. So well, let's go added. through some of yours in the next odd numbered episode. Then yeah, I kind of thought about that, but faction. it's kind of wacky. So uh, yeah. Anyway, yes, you guys can probably get the super rares and limited editions on the next uh, podcast, then go to Ben's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so. uh, Although there's not many of them either. Yeah. 
I mean, after the Americans, like the number of pieces in my set, because I recently uh, added an, um, eh, went through and numbered everything. The last piece in the uh, Americans is like number 105. And there are only like 120 pieces uh, in Return of Davy Jones. So there's only like 15 more. And we're covering the mercenaries, which are 106 to 111. Yeah. That's the weird thing about my custom set, too, is because like. I don't really have much interest in making, like, multiple sets, so mine's just, like, all of, like, naval history is, like, the ideal, like, end goal, so there's, like, no limit how many pieces, so I know yeah. about, like, three or four hundred at this point, but not all those numbers mm-hmm. are filled in, so. <laughs> maybe once you finish up with mine, we'll go through uh, El Cazador's spreadsheet. Yeah, maybe Queens of the Blood Islands, probably. I don't, I don't have a spreadsheet for that ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm still releasing the Blood Islands, and yeah. um, I'm going to break this out now. There's bonus packs oh, nice. uh, coming for Fiends of the Blood Islands. Yeah. Well, I could look at the so. organized version stuff. So. Oh, yeah, the organized version. Yeah, you could go through there. Like, yeah. start with Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Moving on. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll... I'll talk about this version of Captain Nemo, which is, uh, I would argue, because it's more usable than the Mysterious Islands version, is better overall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we can get into a debate about that, too. But I'm not sure. Loyal, mercenary, hostile, pirate, expat, captain and helmsman. Yep. So it's basically the uh, captain helmsman combo crew, but now available to every faction. Except and the pirates. I'm, well, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm actually uh, quite particular to this kind of crew. Um, and I think there's some extra value in this one in particular. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, it's, at, it's at its best on gunships that suffer from really tiny cargo holds. Yeah. And like Love Impira, just staying within this little excerpt here. Yeah, I, I'm thinking stuff that's got like one, two, or <laughs> yeah, in that case, three. Oh. But three is kind of like acceptable for a gunship. Like, yeah, I agree. Right? You can outfit so, it as you need it. Yeah, so for ships that got tiny cargo, staying mercenary for a little bit, uh, the Bosun's Bane. I think that's mm. got like triple S base move, a 2S cannon, one mast, and one cargo. Yeah, this would be like the ideal, sh- uh, the ideal crew for that. Yeah, um, I think oh, I don't. I think HMS Nautilus has three. Yeah. Well, I uh, well, I guess uh, England has this type of crew native to them anyway, so you don't actually need that. Yeah, they've got two of them. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure there's like some kind of nine point three master out there with like no cargo but really good armament. Uh, Maybe amongst the Americans or the French. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that there's there are like a couple ships that are just perfect for this one crew that are yeah. not that are not the uh, the English. Maybe yeah, some can't. actual cursed ones. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Isn't there like some cursed gunship that has like one or wait? Is it Hellfire has two? Yeah. I think Hellfire Russia- has two. Yeah. Uh, the Strix in Ocean's Edge has one, and I think an Hell Possessed base move. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, two, two spaces, pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Huh. But still... Oh, I might be um, thinking of the chicken which has zero cargo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, still, 
on like those ships in particular, you can afford to put this and then figure out if there's another ability you'd like to throw on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so think I, it's, I, it's quite useful. Um, I would actually say I do like the other version more just cause it's more unique. Kind of like going back to what God Mason said. Um, it's like kind of like an, this Nemo is kind of like an upgrade in utility, but like a downgrade in uniqueness. Um, yeah. But because of the expatriate yeah. keyword, he is still pretty unique still as a crew. Because um, you could use him, I'm thinking about like the minor factions too, like a, a long ship or maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, uh, Some like, of those Corsairs, maybe. Yeah. Or even like. Or with the, Jade. The original Grand Jade. Temple, maybe. Something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, original Grand Temple's perfect. Um, mm. But yeah, I would probably. It's kind of for me, this one is kind of like I would use this one, this version of Nemo in 100 points or less, maybe, and then like bigger games i would still prefer the original on like the saber or a 10 master stuff like that so yeah the next one is duke lars he's seven point crew links to the vampira which is that submarine and then he's got expatriate secret hold and helmsman so that's really interesting um i don't think the link is great because the secret hold but that's fine um he could use see use on the treasure island probably um, yeah, I may point. have made a mistake. Okay. I think he may have been the one who linked to Treasure Island originally. Okay. And that version of Castro I was talking about linked to the Vampira. Okay. I may have gotten them mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, either way, either way, it's a pretty cool crew for the Mercs to have. Um, although they don't have a lot of gold runs, at least they got this guy. I could put him on a 10 Master, maybe, that's being used as a hybrid. Um, I'm thinking yeah. maybe the, Sh- the Shui Jian. With Duke Lars and a captain, an explorer or something—I don't know, some something like that. Um, or the Celtic Fury, maybe. Yeah, I think he has some niche usage on a. Few Ooh, actually, I, he's well, an he's expat. You could put him on the Bowtron. Yeah. yeah, you could do a lot of stuff. Yeah, actually, yeah. Does the Bowtron have S on board though, or uh, the, the the S yeah. unload? Yeah, yeah, I think so. it does. Um, I'm not... oh, Either that, or you could just bring a hoist to hoist the stuff off of it. <laughs> that or the alternative is you could go the uh, Cavendish route, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Warlord Cavendish, I mean, and then just throw Mistress Ching on. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's true. Although that's yeah. kind of expensive. Yeah, it could be done. Although yeah. taking and, treasure from a ten master is usually hard. Yeah, so it's like trying to take one piece of candy from a pile of two hundred thousand babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Which the is kind of a strange metaphor. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Under treasure ship, I only see um, they can move S after loading or unloading cargo, so it doesn't work. It's not that Dory's type thing with the voucher. Oh darn! So I guess it mm. kind of would mess that up a bit. But oh, well. oh darn! Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right, Wilhelm Jones is uh, is a nine pointer, uh, expat, loyal, cursed. If an enemy ship is it is within S of this ship, you can use this ship's action for the turn to try to possess a target. <laughs> yeah, wait, one of those guys. So, all right, so this is, huh? It's like a mercenary Papa Doc kind of. <laughs> um, we've uh, we talked about Papa Doc a little bit in the last podcast, didn't we, Ben? Yeah. Yep. What was uh, what was the uh, the verdict? Can you remind me again? Yeah, it was pretty terrible, but. Uh... <laughs> The pirate code ruling that you can use a different action if you fail the roll is really mm-hmm. key. So it's it made it 
it made it go from like completely unusable to like maybe like in the realm of gimmicky possibility. <laughs> but, to niche um, use. I think. I mean, I would with put this ability on something that could submerge. Yeah, expatriate like makes this it really on a submarine. So basically, make it a more expensive version of Edward Lowe and the Locker. Yeah, like the Mercury, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. USS Mercury. Oh wait, um, actually, I had a thought. Um, Pyre plus Papa Doc, um, Locker plus Edward Lowe, and this plus whatever, and just follow stuff around and kidnap crew. Yeah, I do It'd have a really. Answer. Yeah, you, you know what I would call that fleet? Okay, um, I'm I going to get have into a fleet games just like here. That, so. Yeah, all your crew belong to us. Yeah, exactly. Wait, actually, yeah. no. There's, oh, is there another? Is there a third crew with this ability? Yeah, Edmund. There's a third that. ship with this yes, ability. Yes, Edmund. Folly has this. Dang, wait. Yeah, uh, but, yeah all right. I forgot about Edmund. Yeah. I forgot about. Yeah, him. but the English don't have any uh, submarines officially. Yeah. Oh, it'd be Boy, interesting to see how this plays out. Okay. Suppose you put Jones on, let's say, for sake of argument, the Mercury from America. Mm-hmm. The last mm-hmm. bit of his ability, its nationality changes to match the nationality of this ship. Would mm-hmm. the crew he captures become American or mercenary? Think about um, I think, wait, does expatriate affect the nationality of a ship? Technically, it makes it mercenary, I think. I mean, uh, the give it the keyword. Yeah, it gives the keyword. The ship retains its original na- nationality, but okay. the crew of the Merc nationality may cool. also use their abilities on board. So, yeah. Okay. So, so you could like, make people American, uh. kind of. Or whatever other faction has subs. Okay. Um, I wanted to say something earlier. Um, this idea of just swarming stuff with um, crew possessing abilities here. Why does it sort of remind me of the whole do you know the way Ugandan knuckles meme? You've got a bunch of things like underneath you, and they're just kind of bothering you and not really doing much. (laughs) Maybe that's kind of tangential, but that's what that reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh yeah, no, I'm gonna make a crew about uh, a um, a fleet about that and called crew. You know the way, and it's going to be really stupid and ineffective. (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah i'm gonna write that down <laughs> all right i look forward to taking a look at that maybe in the future yeah. whenever you get around to making that all right Might be tight. yeah so all that right. brings us to the end of the mercen of uh yeah nice. that's yeah. the end all right. um, but not the end of the episode though right because nope. i think we yeah. talked about um yeah we got some other stuff um yeah. i was wondering that's what you guys... pretty much the end of uh the custom stuff i mean yeah uh, I don't know. Um, like I said, there are like nine more pieces. Yeah, we'll cover them. We've already time. gone on quite a bit. Yeah, I've already next done time. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Next time. I was actually wondering your guys' thoughts on um, the rules for thought number one thread. Um, oh, yeah. Basically, for anybody listening, um, I did the rules survey recently. You can find it on pretty much all the websites. I posted everywhere. Um the results came in, and I, I'm going to highlight in a new thread series over the course of the next few months, about once a week or so, or maybe slightly more often, I'm going to highlight some replies I thought were especially thought-provoking. So, under the question, are there any changes you would make to how islands and terrain are placed? Somebody said, standard maps should be released. Game setup already takes a lot of time. So, I thought that was a really interesting um, response. So, I don't know what you guys thought of it. Uh, 
I think I posted a response. Did I post a response to that in particular? Maybe I like, no, I partially. No, wait, no, I didn't. I must have like typed it up and then just gone, oh, I've got nothing interesting to say. <laughs> but I like that idea a bit. Um, but not so much due to game setup, but because how I think it would impact fleet construction. Because I think some of them could shift the meta a little bit. Yeah. Um, some of the turn-based game setup rules means that you're kind of likely to uh, to not encounter all that many extreme, uh, or at least in my play group, um, I have some people who are really apathetic about where they put stuff and putting up uh, terrain or anything, <laughs> which means I haven't I, I haven't been able to do like these really crazy. Uh, game table setups and i'm sure that you guys have encountered more of that but having a sort of ready to go environment would benefit somebody like me who spends probably 45 minutes setting the game up and yep. uh doesn't really get satisfied with the playboard yeah setup time does take a while and i think it would be good for new players too because they wouldn't have as much yeah. to deal with so yep <clears throat> yeah i'm of two opinions a little bit i like this idea but at the same time, I'm not particularly fond of it. Mm -hmm. um, I like it because, yeah, it would speed things up. Um, however, I'm not fond of it because um, then you take away the customize ability of yeah. what you can do. Yeah. And same also, here. then you would have, instead of you know building a fleet to exploit another fleet's weakness, you'd build fleets to exploit weaknesses of maps. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, though, because I think that adds another strategy, another focus to building a fleet. Yeah, it could make um, sense. Like, there are maps where fog hoppers could genuinely be competitive. Um, as much as I wish they were, I think they are basically nothing more than a novelty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. I think um, one thing we kind of developed over the course of the thread, you can see in the responses, I like the idea of if the game came back, keep the rules similar keep the customizability for most games, but then give players the option of the map. Like, maybe in a value box, you get a map, and then... Like the Plunder Pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, maybe you even get two maps. One is, like, very generic, and then one is, like, a scenario map. Vixen kind of came up with this scenario idea, um, which is mm. kind of similar to the Adventure Book from a while back. But anyway... So you yeah, I'm not particularly hot about that idea. Yeah. Because that takes it more away from a constructible strategy game and takes yeah. it more into the realm of a full-fledged RPG. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, I'm, I totally get that. Um, I think I like the options though. Like you could do regular, like customized setup, like we're used to, and then like a general set specific map. And then for the people like that a T two map, you could do that too. So I like the yeah. options. Yeah. I, I mean, one of my other thoughts is, um, is specifically uh, addressed to user X. The existence of, uh, you know, official maps does not necessarily mean that you can't do custom stuff, especially if you've got an advanced group who prefers uh, to play on uh, custom environments instead of uh, the static ones that are already out there or would already be out there. Yeah. I mean, I like to string terrain together sometimes when we do standard games. Yeah. And I recall this from a game we played a long time ago. I strung a whole bunch of reefs together that neatly split the board in two. Yep. Mm. So, like stuff CD like that. Yeah, kind of like CD3. Yeah. 
Well, a little bit, except this one was All more right. straight line. There was no gap. Yeah, yeah. And I remember this game because I wound up on one side of the map by myself, <laughs> and my brothers were on the other side and killed each other. Yeah, that's why I like <laughs> Rokuls so much. I love Rokuls, but anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, I would like to comment on a, on a three-player dynamic that I have found yeah. um, it, so far in my limited experience. It tends to be kind of... Um, it's like a chair where one leg is shorter than the others. You know, it, it kind of just like wobbles around. And oh. in that same way, um, the game tends to sort of wobble around and it feels like one person is being kind of picked on at times, whereas somebody else can just kind of run gold and not really need to worry about anything that's going on. Um, you'd yeah, that's think happened that would, a couple times. Yeah, yeah, you'd think that that would encourage a, uh, a sort of balanced uh, fleet construction, but the problem is uh, one of the members of my playgroup doesn't really want to win as much as just kind of have fun with gimmicks and yeah. kind of go out in a blaze of glory every game. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds yes. me of like what um, I've read some of Cadet Captain Mike's battle reports. Your friend reminds me of him, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's... me when I'm not when I'm on a winning streak and I'm not, I care less about winning the more I win. So then I start getting crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if yeah, I haven't I lost mean... the game in a while, I'll probably use like weirder and weirder fleets. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's like, look out! Here come those uh, possessor dudes. <laughs> 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 Yeah, or mind control or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Although I thought you said mind control proved way more effective than you thought it would. Yeah, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty good so far. So I'm due to use it again, finally, for the first time in a while. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Fun strategy. Um, mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on the map idea or no? <laughs> well, if I you like... did bring maps in, um, I agree that they should not be in every pack. No, I uh, oh, yeah, no, no, they wouldn't be like pack things. Yeah. You'd like have yeah, to go yeah. out of your way and buy a yeah. say ten to twenty dollar mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like um, or in a value box something for tournament yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, in the value boxes, like you know, um, from DJC or Ocean's Edge. Yeah, or even or just like make uh, plunder packs more available and more collectible. Yeah, like if the game came back and you had the plunder pack return with it. Um, you'd still have it at whatever it was, like 50, but take away the 10 and put a different map, you know, in each box, kind of, mm -hmm. along with, like, you know, three or four packs worth of stuff. Yeah, or even, mm -hmm. like, the scavenger pack boxes, which had, like, 11 ships yeah. or something like that, but, yeah. yeah. I think I the like... breakdown was, like, two packs of Savage Shores, one pack of Fire and Steel, and one pack of Rise of the Fiends. Yeah. I thought or... it was, like, three packs of Savage Shores, yeah, maybe that sounds four. Right. I don't I think it was three. Yeah. And the scavenger packs. I only packs, ever opened one. Yeah. Yeah. Of those it, things. I still yeah, haven't opened any packs. Consisted of of those packs plus you know the one uh, special edition ship and then one piece of a six master. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ooh, maybe that's what you could do. You could make pieces of maps to make the maps collectible. Ah. Uh. I think that would be really frustrating. <laughs> well, that, or you could sort of assemble, uh, I'm not sure this is all that good an idea. You could assemble these pieces of maps into, uh, into a giant playing board if you wanted with, you know, some sort of grandiose scale to it. But, uh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> like so make sure. the maps two sided on one side. You've yeah. got your standard little, Oh, map yeah. that's a really good idea. You've got you know, like, you know, your bottom left corner of your, 
that's a really good idea because it comes with yeah no that's perfect because you know you get something for a small game like if a new player buys that they've got a game board and a few ships to play with but if somebody buys them all they've got a really interesting game to play yeah yeah Yeah. besides you could still play a smaller game on the flip side that's Mm -hmm. got the piece of the bigger board on it it'd just be more interesting yeah, mm-hmm. or a little bit more different to add some differentiation to the game. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, you should post yeah. that in the post thread. That. <laughs> yeah, definitely post I that. I might post that. And also, you could make a point um, adding on to that with the general set-specific map versus the scenario map. You could have that be double-sided. So then you could pick which one you wanted and just have oh, two yeah. maps on one you know, piece of whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um uh, I would like to mention this would be an interesting recurring segment to have in these odd numbered episodes. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about the rules for thought stuff. It makes sense. Yep. Yeah, it's good. It's good what would you make the maps out of? Uh, like, I don't know. What would you make them out of? The I would think some thing. kind of uh, paper because um, our friend, um, I, I, the guy who uh, played with us for the uh, Winter Economy game, mm-hmm. he got a plunder pack and he has a delusion and a play mat. Yeah. And we played a small deathmatch on it, and yeah, it, it's cool to look at the playmat, but because of the plastic stuff and the way it was folded, yeah. it doesn't like to unfold. Yeah, mm. you're so right. So that would be like my deal with the maps. It's like, okay, yeah. I've got a map, but because it was been folded so tightly, like the middle part of it sticks up like a pyramid. Yep, that's and I can't play a game on it unless I like leave it under, yeah. like my unabridged uh, dictionary for like a week. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I've had that problem when I've used it in the past, too. I think maybe kind of like a fabric or cloth, similar to the stuff I use for my games. Okay. Um, or even okay, like the, I can see that work. There's a, there's a Dreadfleet map that a lot of people rave about. I think it's kind of cloth, sort of, but I'm not totally sure. Something like that could probably work better. Like, roll it up. Yeah, it could, uh, yeah. and you could factor that into the cost of the uh, pack to make it more expensive, whatever, from the business perspective. It's like, okay, yeah. we're going to mm-hmm. print the map on this thing, fold it up kind of, make it two-sided, put it in this box, and 90% of the price is this thing, plus, you know, you get some extra stuff. Yeah. Because you were yeah. a good person. You bought our product. We're rewarding you. <laughs> All right. I like yeah. how this is like a good brainstorming. We already came up with a bunch of good ideas for this, so it's not in the thread already. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, the next segment, um, I'll let God Mason introduce this one about pirate-themed video games. Mm-hmm. So something that I kind of wanted to bring up is... Um, so pirate-themed video games as a whole, I don't think there have actually been all that many. Um, well, there aren't a whole lot of good ones that I'm aware of. Definitely. Um, I haven't played a lot of the older ones, if I'm honest. Um, I've only played a handful of them, but I do have a couple recommendations. Uh, I'm not going to get into all of them this episode because I'd actually like to turn this into a recurring theme for at least a few odd-numbered episodes. Um, and I won't have played every last game on my list, unfortunately. Well, not at this moment, anyway. Um, I'm actually going to ask you guys which of these games... Uh, I've got a list of six so far. This list may be added to in time. I've got a list of six games that I would like you to actually decide which one I talk about this episode. Um, so they are the uh, SOE online version of the game, uh, Sea of Thieves, Windward, Puzzle Pirates, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, and Skull and Bones. 
I am not really a video gamer, so okay. you can talk about whatever the heck you want. I mean, of those six, I've heard of the online version of the game, mm-hmm. and I wanted to play it. Me too. But because I was a good little boy, and I was like, you know, under 13 when the game was running and that whole thing was out, I didn't. Okay. Um, I've heard of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Me too. But to me, it's just, uh, it's more Assassin's Creed. Be done with yeah. it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's one of the like ones Halo I have Halo and Call of Duty, it's like, oh, for Pete's sake, just yeah. end them already. As someone yeah. who likes Halo, um, I, I partially have to do, disagree with you. <laughs> partially, because I think 343 Studios or Industries, whatever they call themselves, has totally made a hash of the story in the multiplayer. Anyway... Um, I guess this would probably be a good time to talk about the uh, Sony Online Entertainment version of the game, which I actually played. I don't remember a lot about it. I never spent a single cent on it, which meant that I didn't actually have all that good of a time with it. Because um, the way it worked was it was a lot like just the base game. But when you logged in for the first time, I think they gave you basically two or three packs worth of stuff. Only everybody got the same starter kit. And it wasn't a very good starter kit, if I'm honest. (laughs) I remember there being uh, one masted sloop. I think there was a four master. I don't remember which one. Uh, I don't remember being very good either. Uh, There was also a sea monster. I don't remember which one. It was one of the squid. Um, The Kimnamod, maybe? Uh, it might have been. Because if I understand the way it came out, um, the Sony game of the game was, I think, run from about the time Ocean's Edge was released yep. up until the game's ending. So they may have started like, okay, you're getting like, you know, a pack of Ocean's Edge, but everyone gets the same pack of Ocean's Edge. You know, that might have been it. Um, actually, speaking of sets in general... I think they had every set up to Ocean's Edge in the game when I played it. Um, And they may have added the later sets as they came out, but because there was so little you could do as somebody who wasn't willing to spend money, uh, I didn't actually put all that much time into it. Uh, There was some really neat stuff about it, uh, one of which was how everything was given sort of idle animations. So... Instead of just being kind of stationary models or anything, yeah, you got the flags fluttering, the sails kind yes, of. Yes, exactly. And water animations waving there. Oh, yes, the water animations were quite nice too. Sea monsters blinking where their eyes are. If you yeah. Figure out where they are. Yeah, it was. I'm sure there's gameplay of it online somewhere to watch. Yeah, there's a yeah. little bit on YouTube. Yeah, mostly like uh, <laughs> like an ad, I think. Yeah, demonstration stuff. It was kind of neat to play as a whole, and I think as an idea, it was not terrible, although the UI was kind of clunky and it wasn't always easy to find a game. Uh, The really big drawback, and I think you guys will get it, is how much they charged you to get booster packs. They wanted four bucks, and while that was the price for for packs that you could get from a store, Uh, that's the real difference. Yeah. Uh, back really? when the game was in print, it was four bucks to get yourself a basic pack. Huh. Because I recall um, getting uh, packs for like, you know, a dollar at Target of like, you know, oh, Davy Jones was, Curse. That was probably after the game went out of print. Oh, okay, probably then. Yeah, because once well, the game actually, went out of print, all those, I mean, there was like that Target box thing. I don't remember what it's called where you got like 20 Fairfax? packs. 
No, I didn't get Maybe. those. I would get like you know individual packs. So like the game went out in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. I first started getting packs like in two thousand six or something when I was in sixth grade. Huh. So it's possible that I mean. I can speculate all day, although I'll never get the real reason maybe why you were able to get them for a dollar each. I'm fairly sure the MSRP of PAX was four bucks, and I remember paying four bucks my entire life every time I went out to buy them. Um, But maybe they were trying to get rid of overstock. Maybe they knew that Davy Jones' curse had a bad print run, you know, with all those scuffs, and they were trying to get that off their hands. Or I could be remembering it wrong. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you may also be remembering it right and just got lucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do remember that um, uh, the uh, the Davy Jones Curse boxes. Every so often, they'd go on sale, and you could like get one for like nine ninety nine. Which I, I, I knew that you know to there be was nine ninety nine though. Yeah. Well, I knew there was like a tax, so it would round up to like ten. Oh yeah. So you could get like three packs or something worth for like ten bucks. Yeah. And like every so often, my brothers and I, all three of us, would get like a box each. Mm-hmm. And that happened at least once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of the problems being, I'm going to tie this back into the uh, SOE version of the game. Um, for the same price as this online pack, which was not tangible, you couldn't, you know, pop the ships out, build them and have a collection. You got something that was stored in the cloud. And then when the game went down, I think it was taken offline after 2010. Yeah. Um, okay. The date's out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, all your money was gone. Uh, if you yeah. spent enough, you were compensated with USS Denver. You had to spend 25 bucks or more to get that, yeah. uh, which is not an amazing ship, but has, you know, turned into kind of an interesting collector's item. I got it in an eBay lot like half a year ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got one for, I think, like six bucks at some point. Uh, no, I think it was like an entire set of Ocean's Edge and it included the Zeus. Like everything. Include, like the Ocean's LEs. Edge. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. a really, really good deal. Wait, I, I might I, remember. I think I got it for less than a hundred. I think yeah. I, I don't remember. I think exactly. I remember. I can look it up. Yeah, I remember something like that on eBay a while ago, but I think must have been a different one because one. I think it went for like two thirty or one ninety or something. So. Yeah, there was some crazy lot that went for two fifty or higher at some point. Hmm. Yeah, there was one where. I think it was you and I who were bidding, and you managed to outbid me at the last oh, second. Yes, yes, that one. I got one. it for like um, something close to like two oh, 60, 70? Yeah, um, that. If you'd like to hear it, that lot turned out to be a mix of good and not so good. Um, yeah. So that's how I got my copy of USS Mercury, which I'd been hunting <laughs> for forever. Um, it also came with uh, the card for just the deck plate. For Mobilis, I think. Uh, but it didn't come with Mobilis or yeah. Thane Heartless or the Abandoned Crew. Uh, Wait, no, it came with two copies of the Abandoned Crew. <laughs> oh, dang. Which was wow. really irritating because then I ended up with spares uh, of the least valuable piece of a super valuable pack. And that's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I wasn't was, to that because there was, there was like a whole a bunch of South China Sea stuff I could see in it. Plus, you know, I think uh, yeah. did it have the Zeus and the Guishan in it? That, um, uh, that I think it might have, uh, because I feel like I've got maybe a spare Zeus. I might have. Uh, wait, I think I had a spare Guishan that I traded away at some point. Hmm. I don't quote. Actually, you could run through my trade history if you want. I'm, or wait, <laughs> maybe that. Maybe no wait. 
Maybe it was Celtic Fury. Oh, that was me and you. I know we traded to get. I traded to, for you to get the Celtic Fury. Yeah. To replace like the one that was like, it was two thirds Celtic Fury, one third Shoeys on. <laughs> and so I traded to get the entire Celtic Fury, and then I turned my spare into the first ever custom ten, the Yaushan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, either way, yeah that that lot had like. It had a pretty decent amount of stuff, and actually, it had a full set of uh, Mysterious Islands SE box chips. Oh, they, <laughs> they were not all in good condition. I think Independence was literally glued together, like having yeah. multiple broken masts. I want that one bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the SE stuff from that was not in good shape, but it didn't really matter to me because I'm not going to get it elsewhere. Yeah, they're just too hard to find. Yeah. Um, uh, there was yeah a mix of really valuable stuff in not so great condition and then a lot of kind of generic stuff hmm. but um I, I, uh, is there anything else to say about the soe thing i'm trying to remember yeah. uh, i'm recalling some old discussions that i perused briefly on mini trading here from when people played it and then posted about it here on the site and a lot of people seem to think that the grand temple broke that game somehow <laughs> probably did i know um i got two things um the wikipedia says um it was ended by sony online entertainment on january 31st 2011 so about okay. seven years ago um and then the other thing i've learned most of what i know about it from the podcast with red dragon and captain ron which i know i've oh, linked yeah. in the first post of the, the podcast thread i kind of brought that back Here's the forum talk. Um, it's blogtalkradio.com slash red dragon, all one word. Um, and I, it's a really interesting podcast. It's pretty much only about the SOE online game. Um, so they don't, they didn't really play the physical game much, if at all, but it's a really interesting podcast. Um, and one of the only other pirates CSG podcasts out there. So it's really cool. That encourage yeah. you to check that out. I do know that the rules were a little bit different. I don't. I can't remember exactly what because I didn't. I haven't heard that podcast in a while, but it was actually played. The game was played a bit differently, and I know there was some kind of time limit. I don't know if it was. Yeah, like I think. Hour. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that now distinctly. Um, well, not actually fuzzily, but <laughs> there may have been an overall game time limit. I'm fairly certain there was a turn time limit because yeah. this wasn't like those turn-based app games that you can buy where. Um, you know, you can just kind of do it at your leisure, like Wars with Friends type stuff, mm -hmm. um, which I think is kind of the ideal implementation of an online version of this. But I'm getting off topic. Um, th there was definitely a time limit. Yeah. They said Something it was else... like one of the biggest problems, too, because you could... I don't know if it was a bug that they fixed, but you could like time people out or something and like win because of it. I don't know. There was some like, controversy. I think I experienced that. Also, some people <laughs> took forever to yeah. take their turns. They exactly. they weren't like there at their computer. Yeah. And it was kind of a pain to play against people who were just, yeah. you know, not ready to go, which is yeah. really they were AFK like a whole bunch of the time. Yeah. yeah. And that I was love, another problem. Yeah, I love listening to the podcast by Red Dragon and Kevin Ron because it's so it's so interesting to hear about like playing like back in the day and stuff like that. And there were like all these tournaments and like both of them played like hundreds of games. Um, probably cause you could play a lot of games in a short time. There were a lot of players. Some of the tournaments would have like dozens of players. So it's really interesting. I, remember time. I wish I had been around they, for it. 
um, kind of similar to Xerox I never played, but it was it was basically just because I wasn't aware there was any online community for the game. Um, at that point, I wasn't um, aware of anything Pirates-related um, online or, like, the MT or the, the SOE game, so I didn't find out. Yeah, I mean, that. I didn't discover mini-trading until, I think, 2014 or something? Yeah, yeah that's when you're, you joined from your account, yeah. Yeah. I found in like the fall of 2015, and then I did wait. Or yeah, I want to say I found the site in late 2015. I was active for a few months, and then I disappeared for like a year. Yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. realized the that's the Wii game went out um, January 2011. That's pretty much kind of when I started lurking. I think on MT and Pocho. Oh, bad I think I timing. Just missed it. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, something else I do remember about the SOE game, and my memory may be off here, but I remember it was really hard to find games at times. It might have been when I was playing, yeah, uh, like what time of day or something, but I remember it could take, like, I want to say up to an hour to find anybody who was playing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember them talking about that, because it kind of declined back in 2009 um, from that other yeah. podcast, and they talked about how like, if it wasn't a tournament, it would be kind of tough to find, like, an opponent at your, like, play level, and also, like, collection level. There was some, like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of like a Wild West situation, I feel like. So, like, you needed, like, some of the events to be competitive and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, um, other, yeah. Uh, the only if you're able to send me that podcast, I'd like to listen to it because yeah. that might jog my memory. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to, yeah, it's blogtalkradio.com um, slash red dragon. And I'll try to remember to link it in this post for anybody listening. I'll try to link it in the post you find this at. Um, and yeah, then, it's also on the first page of the uh, yeah, exactly. podcast thread. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely advertised it a bit. I just haven't listened to it in a while since I think the last time I listened to it was when I was redoing pictures for my past BRs. But anyway. Um, oh, wow, the last episode of that was uploaded August 2nd, 2009. Yep, exactly. And actually, um, I did manage to find, eventually, um, Captain Ron on Twitter, but um, I don't know if he'll ever come around. He responded a little bit, but I, don't, I can't, I don't think he's going to be on an episode, but hopefully someday, if I can get oh, him I'm, on here. I'd like to listen to that, even if I'm yeah. like... Even if I'm not a part of that one, that would be a really yeah. cool episode. Yeah, no, I know. I definitely want to, but I'll try so to. That's intriguing. I'll, yeah, I'll keep trying. Um, but back to the video game thing. The only Pirates-related video game I played is actually The Curse of the Black Pearl for Game Boy Advance. Um, oh, yeah. Back in, like, 2003 yeah. or something. Um, but it was not good. It was not a good, well-done adaptation. Um, the controls were weird. It was too difficult. Um, it wasn't very interesting. And uh, I don't know if it was my game pack or the game in general, but you couldn't save. Like, you couldn't save your game, your progress. So I had to start from really? the beginning every time, yeah. It was probably what a What style of game was it? It was like an RPG or a platformer? Or? Um, yeah, kind of a combination. I don't know, I'm on the Wikipedia. I don't really know what to call it, really. I don't know. It's just kind of a generic game where you just walk around as Jack and, like, take people out and, like, get coins, but... Anything you could buy was like super expensive, and then you would you finally you'd expend all this effort to get a pistol, and then like a flintlock, and then you'd have like three or four bullets, and then like you'd finally go to use it, and it's like really inaccurate, and then you run out of ammo like really quick. So, which is kind of it's <laughs> well, historically, that sounds historically accurate. A yeah, exactly. Bit, but yeah, is, too much but it, so. Yeah, exactly. It was it it was accurate, but it made a really difficult game to play. So, 
and then the yeah, it sounds like at. a uh, semi RPG kind of yeah. thing with one character. Yeah, you see everything was from yeah. Jack's perspective. Yeah, yeah, or a boss rush type of game. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it was not very well made. I'm seeing on on the Wikipedia it says it was uh, generally unfavorable reviews. Simply put, the bare minimum has been put into this game, um, and then. The ship like combat. every movie video game in the early 2000s. Yeah. Well, yeah still much. today, really. Yeah. And then the ship combat was really weird because the ships moved like really fast and it was like almost impossible. Like it was your Ooh. little sloop with like almost no firepower against like three or four like big galleons. It was awful. So, oh, and I couldn't save, so I never uh, got anywhere. So I almost, I, it almost always got passed on for other games. So, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Um, in time, um, I'll talk about the other games on my list. I'll yeah. prioritize the ones I've played. Um, actually, since I know so little about Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and I think I won't play it, I might as well knock it out on this episode. Uh, the thing is uh, Assassin's Creed, because it's one of those game series that is basically the same thing every year, I was I kind of had mixed feelings about whether or not I was going to buy it. And from what I heard, that game is really short. Oh, okay. Like, huh. like I thought it was less than eight hours. And for wow. a $60 game, that's uh, that, that's not much. No. Yeah. I mean, I've bought... Um, it, it's not a pirate game, but like, if you're going to look at value for money for any game, really, um, games like Fallout or uh, Ark Survival Evolved are some of the best value for money out there. At least if you ask me, because those have hundreds or thousands of hours and they're, you know, cheap as dirt. Whereas, (laughs) you know, Assassin's Creed, they're kind of short games in recent history, as far as I know. And you're paying full AAA price. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I've actually heard a lot about that game. I know of a few people that like it a lot, or maybe they just like the series. But um, I I will say I saw a couple short videos on YouTube. It looks really cool, but I don't like Xerox. I'm not... A gamer. I used to be kind of, but it was just like Game Boy, GameCube back in like elementary yeah. school, mostly early high school. So I'm yeah. not a gamer anymore. I mean, I don't have like a PlayStation or an Xbox. I mean, the only game I play is a free-to-play online thing. Yeah, that's yeah. not about pirates at all. It's like medieval city building. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, something else. Um, I've got to kind of whet your appetite for when I talk about puzzle pirates, which is something that will come way later. Ask me about Bicep, which was my character name, because I was kind of an interesting person when I played that. Okay. Um, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll have to save that until later. Yeah, preview. Uh, right. um, yeah. I will say... I will say, not necessarily pirate-related, but there are a few games that look really interesting to me. Um, one of them is Naval Action, which was brought to Oh, yes. That was I've heard of mind. that. Yeah. I very nearly pulled the trigger on that yeah, I to can't download and play it. But yeah. I have a laptop, and I don't have much memory on my laptop, I say, so yeah, I, was I don't want say, my computer to crash. Yeah, I was going to say, that game requires like a ton of you know specs and stuff yeah. yours is like overheating every day so like, yeah i'm eyeballing <laughs> or looking to maybe get a gaming computer like oh, a yeah. full-fledged gamers computer yeah we talked about that, that i can like bit. edit videos yeah. play vassal on yes all that stuff yeah we still get around test. to the world game yeah i know we want to test to see if uh if a better laptop would actually be better with the vassal lag but anyway that's another that's like a video topic for youtube probably um, but yeah, Naval yeah. Action looks really awesome. Um, 
I will say the uh, the few reviews I saw, people say that you have to spend a ton of time on it to really get the most value out of it. Because like you start off as a newbie and it's tough to advance, so it's I don't know. Yeah, I'm it's basically, it, is it like Eve Online but set in the Atlantic Ocean? I, I have know. no idea. I don't think you're talking like, to a bunch to two not gamers really. <laughs> Even like not I guess video gamers summarized um, is is an utterly insane RPG uh, or MMORPG about uh, spaceships, and I guess a lot of people you know do uh, trading and uh, running goods, but others make war and they make war like you would not believe. Like, some of the biggest ships in that game have real-world values in the thousands of dollars. Nice. And and there are some really crazy stories about people, like, hijacking uh, thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars yeah. worth of people's goods or yeah. spaceships. Real pirates. The, yeah, no, yeah. like, literally. Space it's, pirates. <laughs> it's just that. It, it, and that kind of makes me wonder if... Uh, if naval action can replicate some of that, I sort of hope know. it can. I'm well, seeing I, it has like six out of ten reviews. It's like forty bucks on Steam. I don't know. Open world multiplayer sandbox, um, naval combat game, immersing players into the experience um, of you know sail, the age of sail and stuff. So yeah, enormous open world, beautiful ships, realistic sailing, historical gunnery. And then it gives all the system requirements, which of course is kind of yeah. intimidating. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen a couple playthroughs of that. Um, there was like one I watched where the guy playing, he was using like a Santissimo Trinidad ship module or model or something, yeah. where it performed like the actual Santissima. And he yeah. like soloed an entire fleet or something. Huh. But oh. by the end of it, he was barely sailing. Yeah. Sounds kind of weird. So. And I, know, I, I really want to try this game, but yeah, no, me I'm too. broke. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, I would need like a lot more time and a lot more computer uh, power. Yeah. If I had the time and money, I would. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think this will be one of those things that I never really get to experience just because I can't invest everything yeah. I'd need to in yeah. this game. Now that well, I'm time looking... I kind of have, but money, not really. Yeah. I'm looking at EVE Online, um, God Mason, and it's actually... I didn't realize it until I'm looking at the pictures, but it's I'm pretty sure it's the game I looked up like a year or so ago. And I yeah. read a little bit about it, and it does sound incredibly interesting. It's like really, it's just like, it's like, I don't know, it's some kind of bizarre like simulation of the real world with like collusion. And like there's so many people playing that it's like, yeah, like, I'd, I'd advise it. looking up some of the craziest stories yeah. uh, about faction wars, like literally yes. uh, like websites like Something Awful, like waging war against like the conglomerate of like Reddit and other websites. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like you it's like, like you're taking all, the all of their angst and yeah, yeah, no, it's. Well, you know, like Facebook wouldn't be organized enough to do anything like that. But uh, Eve Online is like. literally insane oh it's mostly a spreadsheet simulator but when it gets stuff going uh, it's like (laughs) it sounds really interesting and the type of thing i would like it sounds like the type of thing i would want to waste my time on if i had more time because it it reminds me of like some of my dreams with like campaign games with like a lot of players of like pirates um campaign games and like like grand strategy and like orchestrating like crazy like sneak attacks and like all sorts of like 
government stuff and alliances. Like it's, it sounds up my alley, but I don't think I'll get to it. So. Yeah. It uh, probably is. Uh, do you play this? Have you uh, played it or thought about playing it? Um. Uh. Wait. Um. Eve Online. Yeah. I absolutely couldn't because I mean, as I mentioned, uh, at this point in my life, I don't really have the time to invest yeah. in something that yeah. serious. Nor the money because I think you have to pay a recurring subscription, oh. and you might yeah. need a better computer than I've got. Yeah, I don't like. But <laughs> I mean, you can well, kind of make up your dis- your mind on it by uh, just kind of figuring out more what gameplay is like and if it seems intriguing go read some of the stories of the things people yeah. get up to in eve online because yeah. it's yeah, because unbelievable. i am now intrigued yeah, i am now it, intrigued and like, if this is reasonably free to play i might consider this i don't think it's free to play um yeah. I don't like uh, the recurring. I wish it was just a one-time oh, thing. Okay, wait. One of the top things I typed in when it was EVE Online, inside the epic online space battle that cost gamers $300,000. What? Yeah, it, I don't got that. 7,500 players involved. Oh, yeah. What yeah. Heck? Yeah, it's... Is that like, you know, like a battle gone wrong or something? Or is that just like what it costs? <laughs> I think that was just like a tremendous game. faction war. Like, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, like the ships have a degree of real world value to them. Um, I don't yeah, know exactly cool. how they figure that out, but it looks like Eve Online is $15 a month. But uh, yeah, you can I get it that. for like, I guess you can get it for cheaper. Yeah, I don't have that or the time. Yeah. Oh, wait, it says, or you can grind for hours and hours and hours in game to play for free. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can grind. I don't need to sleep, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing on Wikipedia it says virtual crime. It says piracy in the ship-to-ship sense is part of the game, as is as is protection racketeering, theft, and ransom. Yeah, no, it's literally uh, it's space it's like, crime. Yeah, it's simulator. like the real world. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> sounds only amazing. a little bit more lawless. Yeah. Oh my god, be hilarious. Hey. Um, yeah. Oh well, god, the miniature trading fleet. Ben, if you and I ever get our heads put together, kind of, and we ever decide to, like, you know, become space pirates, let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down. It says, oh my god. It says in 2009, a player alliance name is known as Goon Swarm. Oh, yeah, that's something awful. The defecting director then stripped Band of Brothers of large quantity of assets and disbanded Mm -hmm. the alliance. I don't know. And then it's, oh, it says, a player run bank was involved in a controversy when um, they withdrew 200 billion ISK, which I guess is the currency in the Whoa. game, and converted mm-hmm. it into real-world currency to pay for medical expenses. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, so it's literally... gang warfare. It, um, yeah. In space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's space crypts versus space bloods. Yeah. Jeepers. It says there's 500,000 subscribers worldwide by... But that says 2013. So I have a bit it, yeah, I saw a little thing that said it was discontinued in 2016. I, I thought EVE Online was still going. Um, it says in 2016 they added a limited free-to-play version. So I think it's... Yeah, it's still going. Oh. oh cool. Yeah, if I go to the... 
thing on um ah uh, never mind yeah i think it's yeah it looks like it's still running but i don't know exactly where you would find uh like a community to get with yeah it, it says it's got uh 88,000 uh active subscribers to the community on reddit yeah yeah exactly reddit would be a place to go to find people <clears throat> they have yeah. their own twitter feed i think yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> okay um the top <laughs> post on the reddit thing for eve is how do i sell a hanger full of corpses <laughs> <laughs> so i just impulse bought 20 corpses for about 10 million off an auction most corpses are going like for one like the first would do <laughs> so we've got a shipyard to let dead people anybody anybody want them no okay yeah. we'll just feed them to our beasts <laughs> yeah um that's all I've got about um, about games for this episode. There will be yeah. more in the future from me. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, yeah, if anybody, is there anything else to add to this episode? If anybody listening um, has any uh, experience with naval action or other video games, and especially this EVE Online, just for kicks, uh, yeah. post, post about it if you want. If you're part of some online piracy yeah. crew, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the I mean, thing if, I play is like, really tame compared to this that I'm looking yeah. at now. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes place like on land and it's vaguely medieval. Yeah. I don't know if that's up in the alley. <laughs> the other post I'm Ironically. Reddit says, I just killed someone for the first time. I'm so excited. And then another, <laughs> another one says, does anyone know if drug production is a good source of income? Well, yeah, it depends. Are you talking about real world or in the game? Yeah. Really. Because in the real world, it depends on the drug. <laughs> and if you get caught. Yeah. And probably the same in the game, I'm going to guess. Well, you never know. That's Theoretically, that's not real, so... Yeah, well, uh, either way. Um, I yeah, think it'd be interesting. Game. They could introduce, like, Bitcoin and stuff like that into the EVE. Yeah, I was like, going to ask about Bitcoins. It's like, do they use Bitcoins? They probably could. I, mean, I personally don't, because it's like... It's virtual money, but it's real. It's like, okay, yeah, this is too good to be true. This can't be real. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as games go, um, just addressed to the audience, if there's anybody out there who has played, like, a game that we haven't actually talked about a bunch and you have any thoughts you'd like to share on it, specifically, like, if the game is still worth going out of your way to pick up, um, because, like, if it's some uh, short-lived online game from 15 years ago that was neat but hasn't existed for 15 years or if it's just like something that hasn't aged well that would still be interesting to hear about yeah. oh one that i heard about uh recently just chiming in real quick um i saw like an a, someone's playthrough of this something called don't sink which was like a 2d side-scrolling pirate-like game that had like the 8-bit artwork oh um, yeah look yeah. it up yeah, I haven't played this. Oh, I think there's like some other like it's like um I want to say it's like Terraria, but it's pirate themed. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, this is like okay, yeah, it's it's a I'm looking at it on Steam and it's apparently so new that there's like nothing really about oh, it. Oh, it's in early access. Oh, cool. Well, it um came out Casual adventure, it's like an RPG thing. You're some kind of pirate 
it's a side scroller by, by the looks of it and from what i remember and it's got the really simple uh, up close 8-bit artwork uh zoomed out it looks yeah it looks okay but yeah yeah um yeah, I saw a couple of preview videos um, about a month ago. One was for Sea of Thieves, and then one was for Skull and Bones. They both look decent, but I probably won't play either one of them. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk about those more in a later podcast. I have a little bit of experience with Sea of Thieves, and cool. let's talk about the Skull and Bones trailer at some point. But, yeah. But yeah. Nice. <clears throat> Uh, is there any more for this podcast? Probably not. I think I've got to pick up my mom from uh, from a restaurant soon. Yeah, it's about, okay. it's about two hours, so yeah, yeah. we're pretty good. All right. Yeah. I can't really think of anything worthwhile Pressing. to add. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, next episode we got the Mysterious Island set review, so that'll be kind Which of... Which I'm excited funny. for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little not excited uh, yeah, a lot of it will be terrible but that's part of the fun we get to rip yeah. on not so good ships yeah exactly <laughs> and find uses for others which has surprised us yeah yeah Definitely. i mean i'm just off the top of my head when eventually you guys get to la manila uh, oh, yeah. i think i saw a review or a fleet about that mm-hmm. that said it wasn't as bad as it actually looks yeah it's not too bad it, I like yeah. it as like a like an underrated hybrid or maybe like a medical barge in a large game. It'll haul around like a bunch of generic crew that people need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All around fodder for sack. Yeah. Uh, that too. Well, Spain doesn't have anything to sack with. Yeah, not really. Oh, okay. Well, okay, unless you count Sebastian Rojo.